The Beach Boys have assumed the title of America's band, and why not? Their success on the Billboard charts puts them ahead of all challengers. 36 top 40 singles, including four number ones. 24 top 40 albums, including two number ones. They've sold a purported 100 million plus records and played before countless fans worldwide, including nearly 2 million in just one day. Rolling Stone ranked them the 12th greatest artists of all time. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988 alongside the Beatles, Motown founder Barry Gordy Jr., the Supremes, the Drifters, and Bob Dylan, and received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2001. As the band's surviving members marked their 50th anniversary with an international reunion tour and a new album, its past was one well worth honoring. But it's not just history. The music remains as fresh and heartfelt, innocent and sophisticated as it did when it first came over the airwaves. And the group's impact on popular culture transcends the beautiful sounds it created. The Beach Boys' songs have enhanced the reputation of their home state of California as the playground of the young, helping forge an image that continues to hold sway around the world. The group first cast its spell on me when I was seven, around the time I witnessed Bruce Jenner's gold medal decathlon performance at the 1976 Summer Olympics in my hometown of Montreal. I had no musical favorites, but that changed when my 15-year-old cousin Tracy slipped a pair of headphones over my ears and put on an 8-track tape of Best of the Beach Boys Volume 2. I was captivated. The melodies, the harmonies, the emotion in that music hooked me. And from then on, every time I came over to my cousin's house, I would play Don't Worry Baby, California Girls, Help Me Rhonda, and I Get Around in a seemingly endless loop. My family didn't own an 8-track player, but I then realized what our record player was for. I convinced my parents to buy me the Beach Boys' 20 Greatest Hits LP I saw advertised on TV, featuring those songs I loved and 16 more from their initial 1962-1965 creative spurt. Then I got Good Vibrations, Best of the Beach Boys, which focused on the more esoteric ensuing years. I couldn't get a handle on the intricacies of Surf's Up and Heroes and Villains, but I loved most of the other songs. Then there was Beach Boys 69, a.k.a. Live in London, which documented the excitement of the band's concerts. And soon I would get a chance to see them for myself. They were coming to the Montreal Forum on July 12, 1979, and all I knew was I had to go. My mother wasn't keen about me going to my first rock concert, But Tracy agreed to take me and assured my mom she would hold my nose if any errant marijuana smoke wafted in our direction. What I remember most about that show was Brian Wilson, who sat at the piano at the side of the stage, very much in his own world, more interested in smoking cigarettes than playing. I had seen stories on TV about Brian and his return to the band after a self-imposed retreat, but couldn't really understand the fuss. I didn't care who had written all those great songs. I only cared who sang them. I still had a lot to learn about the Beach Boys. My education began soon afterwards. As a thank you for my parents having bought her ticket, Tracy gave me David Leaf's 1978 Brian biography, The Beach Boys and the California Myth. It was way over my head, but I held on to it and revisited it frequently over the years. 
To me, and most of the world, the Beach Boys sang about surfing, cars, and the girls on the beach. But Leaf discussed at length their introspective and acclaimed Pet Sounds album, and even more fascinating were the chapters about its aborted follow-up, Smile. My fanaticism was further fueled.